0: I'm Donna, and I'm Carrie, and we are Paranormal Chicks, Sinister Sightings 177,
1: and as you just heard, we don't have an intro for this week, so if y'all have that as your tier, like one of your benefits, we want to hear from y'all, and it doesn't have to be
0: super fancy, it just can be like, hey y'all, I'm so and so, and uh, you're listening to Paranormal Chicks,
1: yeah, exactly, or it could be really theatrical, all the things you've heard them all just be you. And if you want to know how to do it, like seriously, what I've used before is the voice memo on the iPhone. And then you just send it to us at a chicks at gmail.com and we'll put it on. And if you want to know, well, what's this tier business
0: you're talking about? And how do I get on that tier? Head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast and peruse okay this one's called a little less than two weeks a little backstory i've always been sensitive since i was a small child i can always sense when things will happen i can't always tell what they are but i can tell that something will happen when my brother was approximately 18 or so he developed grandma seizures keep in mind he and i are only 26 months apart so we were always close We would fight just like your typical brother or sister, but I would always mother him. I helped my mom with him when he was a very sick child. He was my baby brother. He was my baby. It's always been in my nature to take care of him. He was born with blood tumors all over his body. Doctors say if they had skinned him and scraped his bones, they still wouldn't get them all. He had his first operation at 17 days old a double hernia operation, and his first of many tumor removals, this one from his neck. Over the years, the tumors grew and grew in size. They grew on the inside. You barely knew anything was going on from the outside, but we all knew. The tumor grew legs or arms, if you will. It was silently killing him, wrapping their many legs around his organs. They would remove the bigger ones with surgery only for them to grow back or for new ones to grow in their place. They were crushing him from the inside, They were wrapped around his lungs, ribs, heart, liver, and stomach, anything they could reach. Over time, they grew under his scalp and legs grew into his brain, causing grandma seizures. He would have these a lot, hindering him from working, eating out, and just enjoying life. Once he started having these seizures regularly, the night before he would get sick, I would have horrible dreams of the things he would do to me. At first, I couldn't figure out why I was having these dreams. It went on for months before I was able to put two and two together. I started writing down when I would have these and what would happen soon after. I would soon realize that he would have a huge seizure. And then like clockwork, I'd dream, he'd seize, and bad. I knew to call my mom and warn her to watch him or to call him and warn him not to drive. And 99.9% of the time, I was right. How do you ask? We still have no clue. My gift? No, it was a total nightmare. I hated it. I hated dreaming about the vile, nasty things he would do to me. I was horrified and mortified for days after the dreams, especially at first when I had no clue why I was having such dreams. He was always in pain. His spleen became engulfed in a tumor and was 17 by 17 inches, bigger than a basketball, I think it was compared to. He had it removed and took a turn for the worse. He was life to one of the best hospitals in the country where they had to perform life-saving measures as there was nothing else they could do for him where he was. He was intubated and put on dialysis for over a week. He came to and made a recovery. He was still sick and never got better. He stayed sick in his stomach constantly and was told he would need monthly shots to remain healthy, but was never offered them. Over the next year or so, he was told he had cancer, but he would never disclose where it was. He was tired of being sick and didn't want to burden us any longer. And being he was of age, we couldn't force him to tell us. He was tired, tired of suffering. I mean, who could blame him? I couldn't imagine being afraid to go out to eat with my long-term girlfriend and kids, afraid I would get my head stuck between the table and the seat, as he had done multiple times, or wreck a car, as he had done a few times as well. Fast forward about two years ago, I called my mom and told her my brother was going to get put in the hospital. They needed to find him. Sure enough, he had a huge seizure that he indeed had a heart attack. Fast forward again a couple of years to 2021, October 15th, my sister sends me a text and I read what goes across the top of my phone quickly and I see the words Mike died. My heart sank. I felt a burning in my stomach. I felt it was my brother. His name is Michael. Michael. I opened the text only to find out it was a man that is a close family friend. I couldn't shake the feeling that it was also about my brother. I felt it was about my brother as well. I told my sister right then I felt it was our brother and that something was going to happen. I felt it and knew it deep down. Then on 1027, two minutes to the exact same time she sent the text on 1015, he, she called to tell me that Mikey had passed. She explained everything that had happened or what they had expected happened, and while she was telling me, me she turned the television off and it turned right back on as if he was telling my sister she was right that's all for the story I have a ton more if you want them thanks for listening as always keep on creeping it real I love you both Brandy in Tucson
1: gosh we are so sorry for your loss my sister developed seizures too because the cancer had went to her brain but I love how you say arms and legs And like the arms and the legs wrapped around different organs and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. you can really imagine that. Yeah. But I know that like my sister, I mean, obviously she hated having cancer, but she really hated when it started affecting her like with the seizures because she couldn't drive anymore. She couldn't work anymore. And she just had like lost that autonomy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the right word. But that's when it really affected her. And she had to rely on my mom more and stuff, you know. So, I don't know. It's just so hard. Like, you have this situation, and then it's made worse by something that is beyond your control. Mm -hmm. And it's so scary for the people who witness that around you because they want to do what's best for you. But... Not everyone knows what to do. That's so true. All right, the next one. Hey, ladies, a while ago I sent in a true crime story, so I decided to do a paranormal one this time. Anyways, I wanted to send in a few little stories about the blue house that I grew up in. I think my mind kind of blocks some of the memories from this time, so I'll try my best to tell them. I also recently talked to my mom, so I got a few of her stories about her time in the house as well. The first story is when I was playing by one of the cabinets that held her towels. It had a dry erase board on one of the doors. And I don't know what came over me, but I took a marker and wrote, Die Julie Die dash ghost. Like it was a ghost saying, Die Julie Die. I was like five or six around this time and didn't really know much about ghosts at that time. The next one is my brother and I were at the house alone. My grandparents lived across the street, so I don't think our parents cared much about leaving us. My brother went into the kitchen and came back saying that he had saw someone with red eyes looking through the window. He wanted to go to my grandparents' house, but I wanted to stay in case that thing would get us if we left. We ended up just staying in the house. While I was sleeping, I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a figure at the end of my bed. It was kind of short and honestly looked like a troll. I always had a hard time sleeping in that house. My mom also told me that I used to sleepwalk all the time. This one involves both my mom and I, but we were in different rooms. So, in the middle of the night, we both heard a girl scream. I just remember being scared and having a hard time going back to sleep. But my mom, she was sleeping in the living room, and all of a sudden, after hearing the scream, she couldn't move and she looked towards the hallway and saw a blue mist just standing there. But it eventually went away. My mom also saw the figure with red eyes in the kitchen window while she was cleaning in there, and she told me that she would not wash dishes at night anymore. The last one I thought, it happened at the Blue House, but it actually happened at the house after. But anyways, my mom and sister were talking about the Blue House, and I came out of my room sleepwalking and yelled, it's the curse, and then went back into my room. My sister and my mom, of course, were terrified. Those are the only stories I can remember from that house. I really hope they make sense. I'm not the best writer. Stay creepy and don't get scared, Julie.
0: Girl, you had me all confused of who was Julie and why was she getting attacked by this (laughs) fake ghost? You know what I mean? I don't know fake ghost, but like you as the ghost.
1: Yeah. (laughs) You ghost writing for the ghost. Right? Oh Man, the shit kids do. Because that could be something that someone like you just thought. (laughs) But then... Other times, like, no, was that the ghost telling you, like, to write that? I don't know.
0: Were you at Scribe?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Dun, dun dun Like, this whole time, I was like, who is
1: Julian? What did Julian do to this ghost? <laughs> oh, good. That is creepy about the figure with red eyes out of the kitchen.
0: I mean, that sounds like the perfect excuse to never have to do dishes again, Then, Right? I might use that, because we got a sink full right now. <laughs> Before we went to Dallas, Colby made some uh, bowled peanuts for the trip, and um, it was a new pot that, yes, we got for Christmas and we just used for the first time. It was like a like a big boiling, yeah. it's like stock pot, and we could not get the label off of it. And so, because, so he just boiled it with the label on. I was like, oh great, we're probably gonna catch the house on fire. We didn't, but, so it's literally just been sitting in soapy water for like three days to get the label <laughs> off, a.k.a. it was probably ready after like, you know, a half a second, <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, it just needs to sit a little longer.
1: Uh-huh. I mean, it makes it soaking. <laughs> and I would have been like you, um, yeah, I don't want to be in this house, but I'm not stepping foot outside this house because the thing with red eyes might get us, and I don't run fast. You just got to run faster than the slowest person, and that would be me.
0: So, uh, I'll stay here. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I need you around. Uh Uh-huh. Hey, y'all. My name is Hannah, and I've been exploring my spirituality and craft for the last few years now. Your podcast is the only place I feel comfortable sharing my story. So, thank you for that and all the incredible work you do. The incident I'm writing to you about took place about four years ago, and I still really am not 100% sure what to make of it. I was new into my current relationship. At the time, we had only been dating a few months, when one night I got a call from my brother that he had been in a car accident. He had been driving back to college, it was raining, and he wound up driving off the road. So I relayed all this information to my partner, and they said that they would go with me to support me to go grab my brother. We drove a couple of towns over and met my brother in a parking lot where he pulled off, waited for the tow truck and then began the remaining two hour drive to the college where my brother was attending at the time. We got him dropped back off and settled, then began the nearly three-hour trip back home. This is where things get interesting. I know the area and drive well. My dad's side of the family still lived there at that point, so I'd been going to this part of the state for years. I've been driving to and through it more times than I can count, and feel confident enough to drive without GPS assistance. But this night, around midnight by the time we were heading back, I wound up in a new area. I took a familiar turn around the same corner I'd taken countless times before, but the road was different that night. It started with me seeing a strange animal, air quotes around animal, that my partner, who had been looking in the same direction I had, did not see. It was all black and almost formless. The energy, as I think of it now, looked almost like a cartoon outline of a black cat arching its back, but lacked any real discernible features. It had too many legs that were all moving incredibly fast, but the speed of the spirit slash energy was slower than its quickly scrambling legs. Freaked out, I said something to the effect of, what the hell is that, to my partner. This happened as I was taking a couple of sharp turns, one right after the other, so I was going slow enough to point in its general direction. My partner, however, responded that they didn't see anything. In retrospect, I wonder if it was some sort of omen. The route also seemed physically altered after seeing this thing. All of a sudden, there were looming trees on both sides of the road. Instead of open farm fields, I was sure used to be there. It was late, though, and I figured maybe I was a little confused after all the stress early in the evening until we drove through a freaking drive through cemetery. Y'all, I'm a spooky bitch. Scorpio sun, moon, and soul. I love cemeteries and often visit them when I need some peace and solace. But this was unsettling. Maybe it was just that it was right after midnight in a new spot and an area I thought I knew. Maybe it was that weird energy thing that only I could see earlier, still heavy in my thoughts. But this cemetery was literally a part of the road. Like driving down the road, there were two big metal arches with XYZ Cemetery stretching across the road itself. We were going too fast and it was too dark to read and I sure as hell was not about to stop or slow down to try to see the name. There were graves on each side of the road and still a bunch of trees interlacing with the graves. If it hadn't been so creepy, it would have been amazing. And then, just like that, we were back out the other side of this roadside grave. At that point, I decided to seek out the main thoroughfare for the rest of the drive home. It's not yet over, though. Less than 10 minutes from home, I get pulled over for a speeding ticket, going 16 over the posted speed limit. So with $200 ticket in hand, I finally get back on the road only to almost be taken out by a real reckless driver. This person was obviously impaired, driving all over the road and nearly hit me several times before I could make the next exit. Of course, the cop who pulled me over mere moments before disappeared for this part. So I had my partner call 911 and send our location plus the car's details. There was no way they were going to make it home without hitting someone or something. So we took the next exit and we were home about five minutes later. I asked my parents about the cemetery we'd seen the next day. My dad grew up in that part of the state, and my mom's also very familiar with the area. Neither of them knew the area I described. I honestly don't think I could find it again if I tried. It may always be a mystery to me exactly what happened that night, but my current best guess is that we traversed some sort of liminal space that was initiated by me spotting that spirit or energy. Maybe it attached itself because I was able to see it. Truly, all I can do is guess. I'm now more confident in my knowledge of how energy works and always keeping protections in place. I'm very prone to depression and have struggled heavily in the past with mental illness. Keeping up my spiritual protections and asking my team to keep me safe has been a real game changer. Recently, I started opening myself up to more and actively trying to work on my psychic abilities, only when I'm in a safe, stable mindset. So hopefully I will have more to write in soon. I've already started to see silhouettes in my mind's eye, letting me know that someone's hanging out. I have a sneaking suspicion they're also rather antisocial, though. So we'll see if slash how any further interaction occurs. Wish me luck, y'all. Gonna try to creep it real and not get scared.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I have to tell you, this has nothing to do with your story, but thinking about like the roads being with like all the woods and stuff. Well, by Carrie's house, if you go down this other road, um, it's a main road anyway, but it's got lots of trees and I always see deer there. And y'all know I have a hard time with deer. Well, I had pulled on to it and um, there was one deer and I was like, nope, I'm pulling to a stop because there's always more than one. Like, every time, and I've learned that lesson the hard way. If you see one, you see three. Yes. Well, I had stopped. No one was behind me, and it's at night. And um, it was two of them, but one, I was like, this is me and Carrie as a deer, like, as deer. Because one was saying, hey, no, 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 come this way. The others on the other side being like, no, come this way. And then finally, me as a deer goes, okay, and like ran across the thing (laughs) and then went off. And I was like, oh, my God, that was me and Carrie being like, no, this way. (laughs) But then I got home and there were two deer in my yard. I was like, good God, leave me alone. They're probably saying, hey, can you feed your birds? Because we get the seed from that. And I haven't fed them in a little bit. So there's that. What if you ended up on the upside down? I mean, I think that's what she means, oh. but,
0: well, not the upside down, but there, yeah, there was a word in there I didn't really know,
1: but <laughs> I'm just saying, not, not like from Stranger Things, no, no, no I know. yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that could possibly be a thing because I know sometimes I'm like on autopilot, and I get somewhere, and I'm like, well, one, how did I get here? But two, like I will see something that I've never seen before while I'm driving, kind of on autopilot. And I'm like, wait, did I pass the thing? Because I have never seen that. And then my like exit is the next left, you know? And I'm like, there's no way I've ever passed that before because it stuck out to me. So I really think that like, that's something that could like really happen.
0: I mean, funny that you say deer too in your story because we've heard about the not deer and-
1: Stop saying the names. Well, that's what you saw. Don't even joke about that. I wish I could have seen our face. Oh my god! Girl. And also the the description that you gave about the cat spirit thing. Um, <laughs> I like a picture was Scooby Doo, like when he's like running so fast, but he's running in place, or like Fred Flintstone, um, just like the legs going, but the body's like still there. Anyway, that's I don't know, that's my freaking brain. Okay, the next one: sinister sightings, the house that lives on Dick, and other stories. Oh. So it's right. like a lane that Donna wants to live on. I was going to say, talk about a big dick. A house is on there. That's some big dick energy. <laughs> then I just pictured having all the little hotels from Monopoly on a dick.
0: Damn.
1: I don't know what's wrong with me. We do. Anyone out there want to try that? Let's see how many hotels I could get. Okay. Hey, ladies. Okay. Well, it said get funky, and that was as funky as I could get. You sound like
0: on um, that movie that I can't think of right now. Uh-huh. When they say... I know how my
1: lady gets. That. Yes. What is almost famous? Yeah, that. (laughs) Okay. I hope you're doing well. You guys keep my stepmom and I company while we puzzle. No, we're not 80. I have a couple of stories that might tickle your fancy. Well, you might be 80 saying all that. (laughs) But I'm here for it. Right? When my parents first divorced, I was in high school and they lived right around the block from each other. My mom's house was a quaint house on Dick Street, and it was just her, our dog Chloe, and me. Her house always gave me the creeps when I was alone, but I thought it was just my overactive imagination. Well, I was wrong. All of these events led up to a crescendo, so just stick with me here. Our couch had a few sconces behind it, and I like to have them on because ambiance. And my mom wasn't home from work yet. I heard the back door jiggle and footsteps walk in, and then a shadow cast over me like someone was behind me. I called out to my mom, but she didn't answer. I turned around to realize that she wasn't home yet and no one was there. I brushed this off thinking I imagined it or it was something on the TV. A few weeks later, my friend brought over her new puppy. But he would not come into my room. He just sat in the hallway and barked at us like there was some force field refusing to let him in. I thought this was weird, but once again, I can be a skeptic, so I brushed it off. After this, I realized that my dog Chloe, who was an elderly beagle, started to get really weird in my bedroom and would pant and look anxious. Well, a few days later, my mom found her in my room barely holding on to life because she had had a stroke. Oh! <gasps> We had to put her down a few days later. My mom and I think that whatever is in this room or house scared her so badly that it caused her to stroke. About a month after Chloe passed, I had just come home from practice when I decided to get in the shower. When I got out of the shower, every single alarm was going off in the house. My phone, our analog clock on the old ass stove, the microwave, the stereo system, my alarm clock, my mom's alarm clock, the TVs, everything that could beep was. I pulled all my boots and booked it to my dad. Keep in mind, it was December in Washington, so here I was running in my towel and Uggs down the road. After this, I decided, yes, this house is haunted, but my mom was stuck in a lease, so we had to stay. When the lease was finally up, my grandpa was telling our landlord about my alarm experience, and the landlord went pale and told him, that same thing happened to me. I don't know what's dwelling in that house, but I count my lucky stars that I no longer have to live there. Okay, last one. I currently have a beautiful baby girl, but it wasn't an easy road to get here. My husband and I went through infertility and lost many babies along the way. During one of my miscarriages, I saw three girls announcing their pregnancies, and I was really jealous that they were able to have successful pregnancies, and I couldn't. Well, within the year, every single one of them suffered a death of someone very close to them. The first one lost her husband in a terrible car accident. The second woman's baby was stillborn. Jesus. The third woman's brother died in a freak house fire. So you tell me, did I accidentally curse them? I, of course, didn't want any harm to come to them or their family and would never wish death on them. But I was just extremely jealous because of my own misgivings. I hope you guys find these stories entertaining. Also, Carrie, if you're looking for inspiration, you should look up the Shasta Groan question mark case she and her brother were kidnapped by a serial killer and it's such a harrowing story as always keep up the spooky work Sadie so I
0: kind of feel like we need to normalize it being okay that you're not like woohoo about someone else being pregnant when you're having your own fertility issues because that is a completely normal human response yes Just like if you're waiting to get engaged and somebody else gets engaged and you're like, you're happy for them because you're not a sociopath, but you're also like, fuck, I wish it was me. Like that is a normal human response.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that people should give grace to those going through infertility issues. Like if they don't want to come to your baby shower or if they don't want to do something, like that can be so triggering for people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if you're going through those hardships, Like, it's, you don't want to be, like, mopey and stuff at a place where everyone else is super happy, and then you have to be fake about it. Like, I'd rather be 100% real and just not go right now. Like, I'm not ready for that.
0: And I mean, can we stop asking people, like, when are you going to have kids? When are you going to get married? When are you going to do all that? Because you have no fucking idea what anybody's going through. Exactly. But I'll tell you what, that house was haunted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's the end of my soapbox. I'm stepping (laughs) down. But you get the point.
1: Yes. I completely agree, but that house is haunted. I agree with that. I would give anything to see someone running down the street with a towel on and just Uggs. I would be like, what in the hell? That girl was get pneumonia up her tailpipe. First of all, ma'am. I know that's not how it works, but I'm just saying. Okay, as long as you know. <laughs> okay, the next one. Hi,
0: Donna and Carrie. I said that weird, but we're going with it. I've been listening to you guys for the past four months now, and I'm obsessed. I have a long commute to work, and Doug deep down in the mini Spotify podcasts, trying to find a podcast I was interested in. And what did I find? The best of both worlds, paranormal and true crime. I love listening to you guys. There's never a dull moment and can always count on a good laugh listening. When I put on your podcast, the worries of the world seem to fade into the background, which is really nice because high functioning anxiety is a bitch and not
1: really functioning at all. 100. Don't I feel that? Every time I'm on TikTok or something, it's like, if you put five fingers down, you like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, duh, like I already know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I've got many
0: paranormal stories. I won't unpack them all in one email, but just wanted to share a few. I defined my belief in the paranormal along the lines of most things can be explained and what can't be, I ignore it. Like I do with most things, I don't know how to deal with it. I grew up in the country in a three bedroom home with four other sisters and my parents me being the middle child. You can just imagine how wonderful that was. Insert sarcasm. It seemed that we became aware of the weird things happening in our home when my dad started building an addition to our house. Now this house was only a couple of years old and we were only the second family ever to live there. So nothing to make you think it was creepy. Years later after we moved we found out that the area our house was in was used as hanging land. Not my choice of words. One day, while I was sitting on my bedroom floor, looking at my band uniform, fresh from the dry clean, I froze in fear, then figured it was one of my sisters just trying to scare me. I yelled out, stop, oh, you're so dumb. Then it started happening again. I felt like I couldn't move. I had two options, run or open the closet door. I slowly got up, then quickly ran towards the closet door, snatching it open. Holy shit, it was empty. You could see the smoke from my feet. I've never ran so fast. Another memory that is deeply embedded is when I was the only one awake in my house. I was about 15. It was midnight or so, and I was laying in the living room watching Candyman. Where I was laying, I had a clear view of the hall, which led to my bedroom, the first one on the left. I kept the bedroom light on because I had a bird and didn't like leaving her in the dark. As I was watching my movie, I had a craving for my sunflower seeds laying on my dresser, so I went to grab them. No sooner than I laid back down on the couch, my bedroom door starts slamming against the wall violently. My bird starts going nuts. I had beads on my doorknob from Mardi Gras and I just remember watching them flail all over the place. I ran and got my older sister, who was asleep in the den, to see what I was witnessing. She watched in disbelief, shocked at what she was seeing. I said, Please come with me. My bird's in there and I've got to get her out. That was responded with a big, Fuck no, I'm out. So I ran in my room, squeezing myself between the violently swinging door and my door frame, grabbed my bird, and got the fuck out. As soon as I got her out, it stopped. I've got chills just remembering it. After that, I could no longer sleep with my bedroom door open because there was a lady with long gray hair who stood in the doorframe. Again, I'm more of a skeptic, but I know when I see something I can't explain. One more story and I'll be done. Us older girls slept in the den often. It had the TV in it, so naturally that's where we were at on weekend nights. My sister was asleep on the couch, and I somehow managed to fall asleep on the floor with a stereo at my feet, which was under the TV. Do y'all remember those big stereo sets from the early 2000s? Had the six CD changer, cassette, and radio. Had huge volume knobs with the red dot light on it. That. Anyway, at 3 a.m., everyone was asleep, and bam, the stereo system came on waking me up. I'm thinking I kicked it, making it come on, but then I saw that red dot on the volume knob slowly turn to the right in the pitch dark. I can't move. I know what I'm seeing, but what? At this point, I realized the sound was blaring. My mom came running in and I quickly yelled, I swear I didn't touch it, and I pointed to it. She sees the volume knob slowly moving more and more to the right. She quickly smacks the on-off button, then snatches the cord, unplugging it. She looked at me and said, it must have a short in it. Years later, she acknowledged she witnessed the same thing I did, but she didn't want to startle me. I apologize this was long, but I have tons more. Even after moving, the weird things kept happening and at one point getting potentially violent. But that will be for another time. Thank you, ladies, for taking the time to read my stories. And I hope there weren't too many grammatical errors. Well, they said grammar, but you get the point. And thank you for everything you do to keep us APC fans fed on true crime and paranormal. Y'all are the best. Keep on creeping on. Love, Sarah.
1: I remember those CD players, but I didn't have one because they were too bulky for me. And I had a tiny room. So I got one that was like, it was three things because, you know, they had like the speakers with them or whatever. But it was, I think, a Phillips thing. I don't know. I need to see if I can find a picture of it. But it was just, like, a one-disc CD player, but had two, like, big speakers with it. Do you remember that? It was, like, a silver color. Mm, Not really. God, I used to play Jewel Pieces of Me or whatever. I think it's Pieces of Me, Pieces of You, Pieces of Me, whatever. But I used to play that on Blast. Oh, my God. And God bless my parents and my brother's heart for having to hear me howl those lyrics. And... You would have thought I had lived a life of just heartbreak at that point. You did, man. Teenage angst. (laughs) Gosh. But that's so creepy. And I would have been just like your sister. i been like, I ain't going in there. Yeah, you on your own, honey boo. I would not have helped. And I'd have been like, oh, that's your pet. Sorry. (laughs) Because if, let me just tell you, if Marley was in that room and I didn't want to go, Carrie would be like, that's your dog. I guarantee you because if we were sitting down watching TV or something and Marley needed water or something, she'd be like, hey, my dog. Yeah. But if she was like in danger, I feel like i would help you. I don't know about that. Are you kidding? You would send me in. Look, if it's a bug though, it ain't gonna be Carrie. she I was so excited to move to Houston because I was like, she's gonna kill all the bugs because she used to be a bug killer. Nope. She's more scared of everything than I am now. True story. I'm like... How am I the one responsible for this shit? You're not wrong. Okay, this one is titled Don't Leave Spirits Hungry. And this is from Lily in Phoenix. First of all, I want to say thank you for keeping me company through a very difficult time in my life. My father, who was suffering with Parkinson's, moved in with me during the height of COVID when his girlfriend couldn't take care of him anymore. He needed a lot of help and it was very difficult. Later, we found out he also had stage four prostate cancer, and his health declined even more rapidly after the diagnosis. He passed away only 10 months after he first moved in, one month before Halloween. Anyway, I listened to you two religiously throughout the whole thing, and you made the weight on my shoulders lighter through distraction and laughter. Plus, I felt like I was listening to two friends chatting, which helped me through the miserably lonely months of covid Onto my story. I've always loved the tradition of, oh God, I'm going to butcher this, but El Dia de los Mu- muertos? I think. No. Moratos. Mortos. El Dia de los Mortos? Question mark? Mortos? <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. I need babble in my life. It's all about love, honor, and respect for relatives who have passed on and celebrating the life they lived. I mean, it's Day of the Dead, for people who don't know my terrible pronunciation of it. But it's beautiful, and there's nothing freaky or scary about it. So I was thoroughly perplexed about what happened. Because of my father's death, and having lost my mother 25 years before, as well as all of my grandparents, I felt a very strong desire to celebrate it for the first time in my life. I set up the altar with their pictures, added their favorite items— bought the beautiful marigolds. In short, I did everything right except for two things. I left no food on the altar and I cried rather than celebrated their lives. I sat in front of it a couple of hours and basically mourned the entire time. I didn't leave food because I was raised during the quote, there are children starving in Africa era and I just can't waste food. I figured they weren't going to eat considering their spirits now, not realizing that the tradition suggests that they suck the essence or flavor out of the food for pleasure, leaving the food flavorless the next day. That night, all I dreamt about was the altar, and it was one of the most restless nights I have ever gone through. I kept waking up throughout the night by what felt like hands touching me. I'd fall asleep and wake up startled when I felt hands yet again on my legs, hips, arms, like I was being gently shaken in order to get up. This happened all night long and it was rough. The next night was still not great, but the hands had gone away, yet I still awoke exhausted. It's a two-night tradition. Once I took down the offranda, offranda, y'all, I'm really sorry. I finally slept like I normally do. These are the lessons I learned from this experience. Celebrate the lives of your relatives, and for goodness sake, leave some food so they don't wake you up throughout the night hungry, wondering where their snack is. Keep up the great work. I'm still catching up. I'm two episodes after Donna had her scary lung clod, and look forward to many more hours with my beautiful creepster friends. Thank you. That is so something I would do. Like
0: get this whole thing all planned out
1: and then like miss like a major step. Yes. Well, and I'm also not a food waster. Like I will eat and eat and eat everything to not waste food. But, well, vegetables I can't help because they go bad really fast. I buy them in hopes of cooking, but I don't. But I would be like, oh, what do I leave out? Because also I'd want that. yes oh my god i would want it yeah you're like i don't i don't want to make that because you know i want to eat that later yes like if y'all said okay my favorite snack is chips ahoy cookies all i want is like that whole bag then like i'll leave you one cookie then that's what you get (laughs) but also i would be that spirit to wake you up and be like where am i snack at bitch yeah You were supposed to leave me some food. Oh, my God. I don't even know what I would want left. I would want everything. I would want to be Templeton at the fucking county fair. (laughs) Smorgasbord, (laughs) smorgasbord. That's from
0: Charlotte's Whip if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. If you weren't made to watch that in third grade uh, during
1: (laughs) Christmas week, I don't know what you did in your life. God, I love that movie. but God, it was so sad. So fucking sad. Why do they make you watch sad-ass movies in school? I
0: don't know, but I just watched this TikTok, and it was like... The saddest Disney movie, and it was like it was like a, a skit, in this guy where he plays both parts. He's like, "Blah blah blah, saddest movie," and they're like, "Oh, it's got to be me." And it would be like, "Up," and it's like, "Nope, nope. there's one sadder," and you're like, "Oh, it's got to be me," and it would, you know, something else. And then one was like, "Oh, it's got to be me," and it was like, uh "Was it Coco?" Uh-huh. Coco, and it's like I made everybody cry, and then it was like, "Nope," and he's like, "Oh, it's got to be me," and it was like Toy Story three, and it was like I was. Unexpectedly sad. You didn't know I was going to be sad, and that like it kept true, going and kept going and kept going, and it was like you know, dead mom, dead dad, and then it was like, wait, uh-huh. dead brother, Big Hero Six. I was like, yes, that is the saddest movie. It's ever. not the saddest movie. What do you think was the saddest movie? Fox and the Hound. Girl. Okay, it said that was one of them. It was like, okay, we're going to open up the night, the eighties vault or nineties vault, whatever year it came out, and it was like, and Fox and the Hound. It was like, nope, got one better. No, and then it was
1: like that. It was like, yeah. Big Hero 6 is really sad. It it's so good. But Fox and the Hound, I don't care what you put in front of me. That will make me fucking boohoo.
0: I can remember being a kid watching Lion King by myself in our little living room thing. And it making my stomach hurt because it was it was so sad. Yeah. Like I didn't, at the time, I didn't recognize that that stomach hurt was anxiety. Yeah. But like now I know what it
1: is. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that movie made my stomach hurt. Oh, that... Fox and the Hound is so sad. I Like, every character there, I'm just like... <laughs> about when she has to leave Todd. I know. I Like, mm, nope. Mm-mm, not Duh. gonna do it. Oh, oh, God. I can't. Like, I just can't. <laughs> so fucking good. Whoever made that should have diarrhea forever because you have made me cry so many fucking times. But it's so good. It's such a good one. But also, we remain to watch that in school all the time not made to but like okay you have like three choices sad sad or saddest and like that was was a good story so be like that and i'm like oh my god let me not cry this cute boy sitting beside me must not cry and then you do yes oh my god i went to uh see brother bear in the theater with uh two guy friends and i don't know why but i was sat in the middle of them and they're, like, loving it. I mean, it was a great movie, but I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. Because, you know, I I go all out when I cry. Yes, you do. And I was, like, trying to suck it up, and then finally I was like. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, just for the
0: bare necessities. Okay, that is no idea,
1: but yes. I know,
0: but they're, like, into it, and they're like, oh, the, the <laughs> ensemble and the score of this movie is so great. And you're, like, blubbering.
1: Oh, my God, I did. What so movie bad. was it? Brother
0: Bear. Bear. i tell you what also movie made me cry that was weird, unexpected, was Brave. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. She was so mean to her mama and it just broke my heart.
1: Yeah. I've only watched that one time. Yeah, because it's sad as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Also, though, Coco, if y'all haven't watched it. I won't. It's so good, though. I don't even know what it's about.
0: All I know (laughs) is that everyone says that it's sad as fuck, and I ain't watching it. It's about Day of the Dead. Oh, is it? Okay, see, literally, I have no idea, but not watching it, because everybody says it's the saddest shit ever.
1: It's so good, though. Like, I was like, all right, I'm gonna watch it. And then I was, like, sucked into it. Those songs were so good in it everything but then I was like oh god because I thought it was happy like I had heard no one say anything besides how good it was and then when I was like oh my god this is so fucking sad like I was not prepared and I boohooed but also yes leave food out for your peeps and uh don't be sad that's so hard though like I would be like oh good times oh I miss you though like I'm Oh, That would be so hard to just be, like, happy looking at the pictures and thinking of things and seeing those, like, Oreos and stuff I couldn't eat because they were for y'all. Y'all
0: just had to have my favorite food. (laughs) Okay, the next one. Haunted High School. Hey, guys. My name is Savannah, and you can totally use my name. Trigger warning for suicide and school shootings. Let's take you back to May 21st, 1998, the day that changed my high school forever. You guys can use this guy's name because
1: he can suck a toe. I mean, just before we get all sad, sucking a toe is not a bad thing, okay? Are you the sucker or the sucky? Both. I couldn't do it. Okay, back to the serious. Kipling
0: Kipling Kinkle killed his two parents, drove to my high school, and shot two kids, killing one almost instantly, and one died in the hospital and injuring several more. He had major schizophrenia and depression and ideally wanted to die by suicide by cop but he was tackled and taken to prison where he is serving an 111-year sentence with no possibility of parole. It was said that he supposedly parked his car right by my grandparents' house and he was said to have a bomb in his car. My grandpa could have died that day if that was the case. This shooting happened before Columbine and was one of the first shootings in the U.S. Anyway, my dad, we'll call him T, used to work for the school district and was an alumni of Thurston. His supervisor, R, used to tell him stories of all the paranormal things that happened at the school. There's rumors of a ghost named Arnie in the auditorium who was rumored to have hung himself from the catwalk after a girl he really liked rejected him. Older students have said that at certain points throughout the year, you can see him looking down and smiling. Then we'll go to the industrial wing. It has a wood shop and art and all that fun stuff. Well, when Kip shot up the school, he went through there first and happened to shoot a student that got sent out of class, killing him almost instantly. R's daughter did a project for the school on paranormal and had to take pictures to try to capture stuff. Well, that day was her lucky day. She captured a figure sitting with her back against the wall, hood over his head, looking straight at her. Then in the next picture, he was looking straight at the wall like nothing happened. I graduated from Thurston in 2020, and even 20-something years later, kids refused to do things in the industrial wing alone, and some custodians refused to go in there at night. I'm from Springfield, Oregon, and it's crazy to think that four extraordinary lives were taken from their families that day. If you want, I'll send in some more paranormal stories. Thank you so much for reading, and thank you so much for being some pretty damn good friends. Love you both. Creep it real, and don't get scared, Savannah. God, that's so sad. I can remember after Columbine, do you remember that we had a um a bomb threat at one of yes. our schools, like, right after yes. that? I do remember that. It was so scary, so I can't imagine, like actually going to a school where it happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, There's a really good podcast called Surviving Columbine that I highly recommend you listen to if you, like, want to hear the stories
1: from the people who lived it. Yeah, I have listened to that, and it is good. Very powerful. Just thinking about that guy who had to go to the office or whatever, like, he had just left the classroom, and then he was murdered. God... I just hate that because I just feel like it's no one's fault, but as like the teacher and stuff, I would feel so bad if I like sent him out there or yeah. like the office aide or whatever who said, hey, we need to see him. Like, I don't know. It's just, oh my gosh. But you're right. It's no one's fault, but the
0: asshole that brought the gun.
1: Yeah. I don't think we had any ghost stories at our school. I don't think so either. Or I wasn't cool enough to know about them That's something. probably more accurate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Oh my gosh. Well, we definitely want you to send more in. But we have the last story. And this is sleep paralysis for my sins. Oh, what's that mean? (laughs) We're going to find out. Tell me now. Hi, ladies. You can call me Anna. I'm a new listener, and the Sinister Sightings episodes are one of my favorite things I listen to during work. And it was when I was listening to the stories about sleep paralysis did it tap into a memory of mine when I was 10 or 12 years old when i had my first sleep paralysis experience i remember quote waking up to a black shadow outside of my small window and it was letting out a weird high pitched muffled scream i wanted to scream as well but i couldn't i was left frozen and unable to do anything My room was dimly lit by a light post outside, so I also remember seeing that black shadow come into my room from that same window and into my room in some kind of smoke form or some shit, and it slowly started to swirl around the ceiling above me. Only when I fully woke up, everything was back to normal. I 100% started to hear a sound of a small dog or some kind of animal running around downstairs but the only dog we had was in my room standing at my door as if he could hear something too. Anyway, I can't remember what happened after that, but the paralysis and the freaky running footsteps in the dark is part of a memory that I remember so clear. This is also around the same time I accidentally stumbled across porn while trying to find kid sites to play innocent games on, and I sometimes wonder if this experience was some kind of punishment for my sin. You know, being in a religious household and all. But ever since then, i would continued to have sleep paralysis bullcrap that happens now and then with some including seeing the shadow of a giant hunched over in the corner of my room. And another time in broad daylight when I was home alone, napping, and seeing a crawling shadow speed across the floor that I could barely see from my elevated bed making gurgling noises. Anyway, I don't know how to conclude this, so creep it real, Anna. Well, Anna... Do you still continue to look at porn sites? (laughs) (laughs) Also, that is some shit. Why was it that they would have shit like that so close to like, I don't know, I'm just saying like kidscorner.com. And if you did corner with a K instead of a C, it would be a porn site. And I'm like, motherfucker, I don't know what it was. I just saw it on a Disney commercial and I want to (laughs) go and do it. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I know that's why. But like, do you know, like my parents and stuff, They well, my mom was really lax and all of that. But the fear that I had, I was like, oh, my God. Also, I was just so scared that my brother would see it and make fun of me. You know, yes. like, oh, my God. But oh, I hated that. Hated that. Also, I hate I hate it when I'm on a fucking porn site and like one of the like nude women'll walk across the screen and it's like, come talk to me or whatever and I'm like, get off of there. Like you're ruining it for me, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> But you know, but they also have these pop-ups and it's like stuff that I wouldn't want. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, get off here. That's not me. Like, I mean I I got some other fetishes here, but that's not mine. Stay in your lane. <laughs>
0: Whatever you're... What do you call her? Sharon? Sharon. Stay in your line, Sharon.
1: <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about, Yes. Though? Like...
0: <gasps> Oddly enough, I do, actually. And I don't <laughs> always know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, usually I'm like, I don't understand. Because when we were in Dallas and we were hanging out with Brandon Schecksnader from Southern Gothic, he said it best. The weirder Donna gets from More Y'all Lover. And I don't understand it. <laughs> So, sometimes when she would be talking about these kinks, <laughs> I just nod and say, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And no and I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. Also, that really sucks, though, that you're just like, I'm being haunted by this shadow figure because yes. I accidentally stumbled onto porn. Yes. Like, I don't think if, like, that that's really how religion works, but I understand the fear.
1: Yeah, because that's what I would, it would be a cause and effect thing. Like, oh, you, again, my parents were not religious or anything, but... I would see how my friends were and like TV cause I watch TV a lot. So it's how shit would be on TV, but okay. Well, if you do this, like if you steal an extra cookie and by still, I mean like I was allotted like two. just say, I again, never had a limit on food at my house. <laughs> I was like,
0: I don't think that this, this is why she's taken seven years to spit it out because but, this is not how she was. Raised. But
1: that's what I'm saying though. Like is nothing of this pertained to me, but because of what I watched on TV, I'd be like, I'm just going to eat two cookies. But then I'd sneak back in there and get like two more or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, like I did wrong. You know, and it's yes. like only against myself. So I can only imagine if it's being like, like preached to you about it or, you know, anything like that. Like, oh, that cause and effect, dude. Mm hmm.
0: Well, thank y'all so much for sending in all these stories. I literally say this every week, but it's so true. They never disappoint. We love them. Keep them coming. You can send them in to us at aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website and hit contact us and send it in that way. Thank y'all so much for listening and supporting us. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.